1: Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host Zach Blackerby, and joining us as he does every Friday, Justin Ferguson uh, of the Auburn Observer. How are you, my friend? How are things?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm ready to ready to watch this game tomorrow night. Uh, it's uh, this is the this is going to be one of the more fun ones I think we've had in a while. It's the first. I looked this up this week. This is the first night. SEC game Auburn has had since they played Ole Miss two years ago. So, we're right around this time of year. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've had a night kickoff like this in, in this kind of, you know, yeah, six full, crowd, full, full crowd capacity. At home? Yes, at home. Okay,
1: gotcha. I about to say, because that mm-hmm.
0: LSU game a few weeks ago was
1: very much at
0: night. Yeah, well, yeah, well, of <laughs> course. But to have Jordan Hare kind of cranked up, like, in the peak of their powers outside yeah, of an sure. Iron Bowl or a Georgia game, that's mm-hmm. that's. It should be exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, this is quietly like a super important game, and it's not really getting oh, yeah. a, a whole lot of national love. And no. I was thinking about that earlier today. It's it's just weird because this is, this is one of the biggest games in the country happening Saturday, and it's cool it'll be happening right in our backyard at Jordan-Hare Stadium, but yeah, I, I don't really know why that is, why it's not getting the love that some other games are. But also, like, I'm blown away the fact that a top 10 team is not favored
0: going into the game. Like, I feel like that would be a story any other week. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, outside of, like, the top four or five, and even with the top four or five this year, like... It's so hard to somebody's got to be a top ten team, right? Yeah. And do I think Ole Miss is talent wise and how they've played this year necessarily a top ten team? No. It's kind of like how I felt about Arkansas. Oh, really? Kind of okay. like how I felt about other. Yeah. And it's not. The, it's not a knock on them. It's where they are right now It's how they played right now. But like I think time will tell that this is probably not a top ten team. You look at stuff like SP Plus and other computer ratings. Auburn and Ole Miss are like right on top of each other. They're all. They're very very close. And so when that happens. I think Vegas is looking at that is that these teams are a lot more even than what the AP poll may suggest, and on top of that, I think Auburn playing at home, um, and there's some there's some injury issues with Ole Miss. Uh, one of their best offensive linemen's down. Right. Corral was Corral got banged up a couple weeks ago against Tennessee. Didn't run as much against LSU last week, so I think all that kind of plays in, in, into it there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting this to be you know another four quarter kind of kind of really fun SEC West matchup that we've been accustomed to seeing in, in, in these types of uh, atmospheres.
1: Sure. Yesterday on the show, I had Stephen Willis on it. He hosts a show on YouTube called um, Positively Old Miss. And obviously, you know, the Old Miss fan base, very, very energized, very, very excited oh, yeah. about this matchup. But Jay Ferg, he compared this Old Miss team to um, that of the 2010 Auburn Tigers because they... um he compared corral to cam and then their main defender, whose name escapes me, uh, compared him to, uh, to Nick Fairley. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, um, <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> well, I don't recall cam Newton and Nick Fairley losing. That's, that's, that's what
1: everyone's saying, right? It's like, well, they lost to Bama. So, uh, no, I don't cam, remember them getting doubled that.
0: up. That's I don't remember them getting doubled up, even though it looked for a little while that they might have. um, yeah, this Ole Miss team's good. I mean, this team this is a really good old miss team, but um yeah, it's it's I think you can give them a little bit more credit than this too. This is a team that's kind of can like, you know, Auburn out of nowhere kind of hang around. Like this was kind of the buildup from what you know what we saw last year from Ole Miss. I think we're getting closer to kind of the peak of peak of what we could see from Lane Kiffin offense. Corral's playing excellent football right now. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's funny because like they need help to get to Atlanta. They lost to Alabama. They need help to get to Atlanta. So it makes it that's a that's a really interesting take. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock the guy too much, but um, if, if
1: I'm all Miss, though, I don't want to get to Atlanta. I want to win out and get second in the West. Let Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship game,
0: and then you backdoor your way in it. That's what I want. If I'm all Miss, I, that's that's arguably a really good really good uh, way to way to go about it. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's it's a really good old miss team on offense defensively um I think we should I think we can give <laughs> I think we can give the 2010 Auburn defense a little more credit I think than, so <laughs> than that um but yeah I, I, I think there's this, a lot of that kind of belief in like we can be the team to kind of knock off or get hot mm-hmm. uh, at the right time. The other thing, though, is also is just this Ole Miss team outside of Alabama hasn't really been tested a ton this season.
1: No, um, th- th- their resume, and I talked about this earlier in the week, but their resume is they beat an Arkansas team that's the same Arkansas team that Auburn went on the road and beat handedly. They beat Arkansas by a point um, mm-hmm. at home in, in Mississippi.
0: Two, it needed a missed two-point conversion.
1: That's right. And then, you know, LSU, Auburn went to LSU and one. Um, and then, you know, A M. we don't know how Auburn's going to do against A&M yet, but yeah, the, the resume for Ole Miss isn't great. Now I think for them being a top 10 team, Jay Ferg, I think they passed the eye test for me. I watched them and I'm like, okay, cool. I, I don't know if they think offensively.
0: Teams. They've got it. Sure.
1: Yeah. You know, as far as when you throw in the defense in there, it gets a little iffier. So I, I definitely agree with you there, but I mean, even last week against LSU, I looked at them and I'm like, this is a good team. Mm -hmm. My big question, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is, okay, what's going to happen with this offensive line for Ole Miss that wasn't great to begin with? They're fine. I think they're a fine SEC offensive line. But with them missing some guys going into this one, can Auburn get a pass rush on Matt Corral? And if they can do that, this game has a chance to not be close.
0: Yeah, that's the interesting thing because this Ole Miss offensive line has given up a fair amount of sacks this season corral is a very good running quarterback he escapes well he moves well but yet they are you know kind of bottom half of, of the league and in, in allowing sacks this season and uh one of the other things is they run the ball well mm-hmm. but if you look at stuff like power success rate where it's like right, if it's third and short and fourth and short how well are you doing running the ball they are towards the bottom in the country in that as well um they they have to that offensive line, if they can protect for Corral, those they have enough weapons and enough creativity on offense to, to get guys open and 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 make it happen. But if you can quickly get to Corral and keep him contained, that changes things for him. And one of the big things Auburn did two weeks ago against Arkansas was they didn't let KJ Jefferson really beat him a ton on the ground. Now, he scrambled early on, and that's something he didn't do very often heading into that game. And then in the second half, they adjusted, kept him contained design runs he had hardly any success on the entire game Mm -hmm. that's my thing with corral corral coming off that injury from two weeks ago didn't run as much against against lsu if if matt corral has to stay in the pocket and that offensive line auburn can kind of go pin their ears back and go after that offensive line a little bit more and go right at him in the pocket you feel better about auburn's chances now can corral sit in the pocket and beat you absolutely he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country for a reason Mm -hmm. but if you get a quarterback like that who can't move, who can't, you know, do stuff on the run quite as effectively as he wants to, your chances of winning, you know, increase, you know, exponentially if you if you're Auburn. So that offensive line, I I'm interested to see how Auburn attacks, especially that center of the offensive line, that the, you know, with the injuries that they that they've had. Go to the middle. Like this could be a huge game for Colby Wooden. This could be a huge game uh for another defensive tackle to step up. Like what what happens if and I'm not saying he's gonna ha- have a breakout performance, but like I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like J.J. Pegues makes a couple plays in the backfield against uh, against you know uh, his hometown team, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's it's one of those things where I, I could see I could see it flipping in Auburn's favor if they attack correctly and uh, you know make sure they keep everything in front of them on the back end because you have to do that and make sure you don't bust on the back because if you bust on the back, I mean these guys will score uh, tons of points on you.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up. Uh, Kobe wooden because uh, he's quietly having an elite season and oh yeah
0: your film room
1: on him and this was last week i think and i think mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit uh last for friday but it's just it's weird how quiet it's been or like how quiet he's been having this awesome of a season is it because it's it's in the middle and not necessarily happening on the edge do you think that's why
0: yeah. It's not like he's getting a ton of sacks and it's not like he's getting a ton of tackles. Like, but he's just being effect- He's just been effective. Yeah. He, one of Auburn's he's best.
1: impacting the opposing offense and that's what you want.
0: There is no FBS defensive lineman that is doing a better job of rushing the passer and stopping the run at the same time. Like him there, it's just statistically he is in that. He is in that camp. I would say if you're looking at defensive lineman in college football this season, George's Jordan Davis is up there. And I think Colby's not that far. I mean, if you want to get a second tier, he leads that second tier. That's how well he's playing right now. And I think from an Auburn perspective, I think some Auburn fans might not be looking at Colby Wooden quite as much because they're like, oh, well, the pass rush still isn't that great. And it's mm-hmm. like, they're getting better. Like, you know, uh, Auburn Auburn has been waiting, to, like, Auburn fans have been waiting to have a Jeff Holland like pass rush for a while. And I. Sure. It's it's just not happening yet. It, and and even when you had Derrick Brown, Marlon Davidson, you got to the quarterback. You pressured the, this. This yeah. this defense is pressuring the quarterback more, and they're sacking guys more as well. Um, but, you know, I think there's this kind of thing where it's like, well, the defensive line can be better. And uh, you can always be better. But, man, Colby Wood, it's hard for Colby Wood to be playing better right now. He is playing just some insane football at the moment.
1: Sure. Is this, is this Colby Wooden's last year at Auburn, you think?
0: You think he goes pro? That's a great question because he is a redshirt sophomore meaning he is eligible. I don't know what NFL teams think of him yet. Um, you know, he is not a guy that's getting a ton of buzz that I've seen. Um, I haven't even though seen anything a, about him. He's a younger, he's a younger draft eligible player. So, you know, I, I think there's a good chance that he comes back next year. But man, if he can, if he stays hot towards the end and you you get, you get the right word on him, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. I think his play speaks for itself. If he's having an All SEC type of year you know, jump on that, go get your money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen in the past, Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, I think Roger McCreary's in the middle of having that right now. Yep. Um, the value of coming back for one more year. And for him, it will be a third year for him to be a contributor because you got to remember, like I said, he is a redshirt sophomore. Right. Um, so he's eligible to go to the draft, but he's only really had two years of college ball.
1: Yeah, 6'5", seventy
0: eight is what Auburn
1: has him listed at.
0: Scheme versatile scheme versatile defensive lineman. You could play him yeah, on I any so. front. And that's what Auburn's doing with him this year, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think ideally 3-4 defensive ends is, I think, yes. how the NFL would view him. But, yeah, you can do other things with him. You're absolutely right.
0: Absolutely yeah, right. It, and that's one of the things why I thought the switch to the Derrick Mason defense, he was going to benefit the most. It I said happen, it earlier yeah. in the year. He was going to blow up because of it. Because if you go back and watch last season, even though he was playing that 4-3 end spot, Playing more buck, playing some strong side defensive end. He was winning on the inside. His power and, and and most of the chaos he created was on the inside. Well, now you bring him closer to the closer to the center more frequently in either a three-down defensive front or when they go two, four, five, he's playing more defensive tackle there. I mean, he's eating. He is eating at, at that because he has got the he's got the skill set and the body to, to to make it happen.
1: Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, today's Locked On Auburn is brought to you. By our friends at McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. The first time I, I talked about McDonald's on the show, several comments in the in the Lockdown Auburn Discord and on the YouTube channel uh, were saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, we all have memories, whether it was, you know, after Little League games growing up, uh, you know, the whole team would go to McDonald's or, or birthday parties. There's a lot more than just the tasty and affordable food going on. At McDonald's. But of course, it also kind of makes you feel comfortable at home if you're on a a long road trip. I know that's kind of what me and my wife uh, always kind of look for uh, as one of our staples on our long drives to Ohio. So be sure to check out our friends at McDonald's. It's always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Today's show also brought to you by Bet Online. the fastest and easiest way to place uh, wagers on all of your sports action. Head over to betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's a Ferg Friday here on Locked On Auburn. Justin Ferguson, please tell us uh, how folks can get all of your awesome content uh, at the Auburn
0: Observer. Yeah, auburnobserver.com. Sign up there. It's $6 a month or $60 a year. We email you everything we got going on um whether it's film room mailbag uh analysis stories during the week we're gonna be doing more basketball coming up Auburn basketball's got a scrimmage on friday night that's right looking for looking forward to being there and 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 posting some observations from that early saturday morning um so it's a good time to to hop on board do a couple podcasts as well one of them that's free on the weekends wherever you listen to your podcast just search auburn observer but if you're a subscriber you also get a bonus podcast once a week uh where we preview the matchup Uh, and uh, we put that one up on Thursday morning. So, a lot of stuff, AuburnObserver.com. Sign up there. Yep,
1: worth every penny. Worth every penny. We even got a a film room on a bye week. That surprised me, but you don't uh, don't let people down. You do not let your subscribers down, and I appreciate that. Yeah, check that out, AuburnObserver.com. Justin, very serious question here. All right. What is better in your mind? A Mm -hmm. 50% Matt Corral or Golden Corral? the buffet
0: ah uh, 50% mackerel that's what I'm thinking I'm, too. Yeah. I, I'm not eating Matt I'm not eating gold corral sorry <laughs> sorry I've been I've only been like probably a couple times in my life but like, enough. I think I think the last time I went I was like pff, middle school probably mm-hmm. and I remember even in middle school being like yeah I could do better than this like <laughs> yeah you know, this could be you know this is something I don't need to be doing again um, yeah. so, and, and it's not a knock on buffets either. If you listen to our podcast, you know, Painter and I have a deep affinity for, for CC's. I and mean, you were just talking about in the ad from for McDonald's, you have those memories growing up. It's a place that's very dear to you, even sure. though, you know, like CC's might not be the best thing in the world, but you know, it's, but you know, it's, it's home. It's familiar. Totally. I, don't I get that, it. I don't have that connection with Golden Corral. So it is down for me yeah i remember being a kid we went to
1: golden corral every sunday after church for a little bit really i just remember asking my parents like why are we doing that like there's so (laughs) many
0: places to eat around here but um yeah you can get a lot of food mm -hmm. and um you know but it still feels a
1: little overpriced you know what i mean (laughs)
0: No matter how much food you
1: get, it's like, I don't think that was worth uh, it.
0: Yeah, I don't think no. that was worth
1: it. No. Just
0: because there's a lot of it doesn't mean it's the, it's, no, it's, you're right.
1: it's worth it. You're right. Yeah, quantity does not always uh, over do over qua- uh, quality. Okay, so fill in the blank for me here, Justin. Auburn beats Ole Miss if they blank.
0: Auburn beats Ole Miss if they play a clean football game and establish their dominance at the line of scrimmage. Okay. I think this is a better football team in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think Auburn's offensive line can, you know, push uh, around that defensive front for Ole Miss and get their running game going, prevent some of that pass rush from getting home if they, they play smart. And then on the other side, I think this is going to be one of the toughest challenges Ole Miss has faced this year in terms of the running department. Um, trying to limit Corral. And it's just like the thing about it, this is this to me, you know, two weeks ago I was on here and I talked about the the, the Arkansas game and I said, you know what, if, if Auburn plays their game, there are a couple of rungs of, uh, on the ladder ahead of, of Ole Miss, I mean, in Arkansas in terms of talent. If they play a clean game, they'll win this one. And they could have a chance to win this one, you know, kind of definitively. Mm-hmm. That happened. Ole Miss is a better offense but a worse defense. And okay. I think Ole Miss having a better offense keeps them in it, you know, a lot longer. They're more dangerous because of it. However, you look at the the rankings, Ole Miss and Arkansas, pretty much similar teams in terms of recruiting talent. I think Auburn's better on the offensive line and the defensive line than Ole Miss is in this matchup. It's something that I thought Arkansas had a little bit, you know, was more even in that regard. It is playing at home. Just don't give this team opportunities. You know, Matt Corral does not need a short field. Lane Kiffin does not need a short field. And this Ole Miss defense is very aggressive with their pass rush, their blitzes, and they they create a decent amount of turnovers because I think they're making up for the fact that they're not a great defense overall. So you're at home, play a clean game, get your wide receivers playing like you did a few weeks ago. Bo Nix is playing the best uh, the best ball of his career. Secondary, don't bust those coverages, keep everything in front of you, make them nickel and dime. You will frustrate them. Watch the old uh, watch the Ole Miss Tennessee game. Watch the Ole Miss Alabama game. You will frustrate this offense if you are not letting them just hit throw haymakers all game. So that's my thing. Ole Miss can Ole Miss could definitely walk into Jordan here and beat them and 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 you know play a straight up game and beat them. But I think Auburn, if they avoid the big mistakes on both sides of the ball and show that they're the bigger, stronger and tougher team in the trenches, they have a good chance to get a big win here. Can they do
1: that? Because I mean, it's we, a
0: million dollar question, right? Yeah. I
1: mean, we, we've said that, you know, against LSU and Arkansas. Now we're saying against Ole Miss, like Auburn should be able to run the football, um, mm-hmm. but they haven't been able to run the football in conference play. Um, nope. At least not at the clip that they would want. So do, do they, do they turn that around? If you're, if you're Auburn and you talked about this a little bit in the, uh, in, in your newsletter, but if you're Auburn and you're working on the running game over the bye week what exactly are you doing?
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's one of those things where they've got to get more consistent run blocking. That to me is kind of the issue. You can say Tank might not be 100%. They're not breaking the tackles as much. I even looked it up. The teams they played are not missing tackles a lot. Like early in the year, teams were missing tackles, not as much as recently. Um, you know, guys hitting the right holes, such and such getting in a rhythm. But I think it's just inconsistent push on the offensive line this is the team to do it against. They are lighter up front. They are lighter than Arkansas was up front. Sure. They play more of a, you know, more of a, uh, you know, DB and LB heavy defense. Go after them. This has got to be the game where you kind of get back to where you want to. And against Arkansas, they were able to do that in the fourth quarter against LSU. They're able to do it in the fourth quarter, but like it changes the game dramatically. If you can do that from the first, from the first quarter in this one. Now, do I think Auburn could win this game by saying, hey, Bo, we're not running the ball super effectively in this one. We need you to go win it for us. Yeah, I think I think they could do the same thing they did against Arkansas two weeks ago. And the fact of the matter is Ole Miss's pass defense is shakier, much, much shakier than most that Auburn has played this season, especially Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But you feel a whole lot better about your chance because if you're running the ball and you're being able to be balanced, you're going to get some sustained drives on these guys. You're going to wear them down. And you're also going to keep the ball out of, ha- out of the hands of Matt Corral and, and Lane Kevin's offense, and that, that will be that'll be huge. Limit their opportunities. Right.
1: Justin Ferguson, our guest on this Ferg Friday. I uh, want to take a second to tell you about our friends at Innovative Financial Solutions. If you're a high-income earner or thinking about your retirement, be sure to check out our friends. Have you ever considered that by funding a 401K or an IRA, you're potentially creating a massive tax burden on yourself? When you retire, your future self. Well, contrary to what you've been told about traditional advisors and accountants, these types of plans, they don't save on taxes. They just kind of delay all of that. So there's ways to get around that and to learn more about everything um, that you can do to better yourself in the future. Your retired self will thank you for it. Ethan Dahl, the owner of Innovative Financial Solutions, has clients all around the country and uh, he wants to help you just like he is helping set up their future. You can contact him at 251-243-6038 or email him ethan at ethandaw.com. Ethan Daw, your alternative to traditional financial planning. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It looks and tastes just like a candy bar. All the bars are covered in chocolate, and you bite into it and you're like, how in the world could this be good for me? I don't know. But it is. And then you look at the ingredients and you're like, oh, these are actually all normal ingredients. Food I can actually pronounce. Not just, you know, a bunch of different sugars or, or you know, artificial sweeteners. It's real food. So be sure to check out Built Bar. Go to built.com. They've got a ton of different flavors. When you place your order, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is using promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Final few minutes on this Ferg Friday. So last week, Jay Ferg, I, or I guess last game, two weeks ago, I've been instructed by the people that I'm not allowed to pick Auburn anymore. Okay. So I think Auburn's going to win this game, but I'm not allowed to pick them. But I feel like the final score is going to be 27 to 37-ish, but I'm not allowed to pick Auburn, so I'll pick Ole Miss for that score. Is that right. is that off base? Is that weird? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean... <sighs> My thing about it is, is, is I, I don't know if anybody necessarily wins by double digits in this game um, because I think if Auburn plays their game and gets out to a lead, that Ole Miss team does not know when to give up. They mm. will keep firing back. Same thing for Auburn. This is a team that fights all the way to the end. And so it's possible. I could see a scenario where Auburn's in a similar spot to what they do against Arkansas. Two weeks ago, and maybe they don't have the lull in the middle because they're playing at home and the crowds are more in it and they got the they got the atmosphere behind them. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh I, I think this is a game where both teams have probably finished in the high 20s, low thirties, and and it's close. And it's close. And I think it could go either way. Um, but I've laid out my reasons why I think there's a there's a good shot for Auburn to do it. It's just gonna be can you continue to play clean on offense? And can you prevent the big plays on defense? One of the big things we learned this week, Roger McCurry said over in the bye week that Auburn went really, really hard at work on their zone defense and knowing where to be. And because that's going to be the plan, sure, keep everything in front of you. Don't let them, you know, let them, let them have to nickel and dime you to death. And if that's the case, you know, prevent the big plays. I think Auburn, uh, Auburn is, is a really good chance of winning this game, but. To go either way. Oh, that Ole Miss offense is, is pretty phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I could also see either team just coming out flat-footed and the other one just being ready to play. I think they're both so yep. kind of hot and cold, but we'll see. Um. So I love watching Roger McCreary. I love talking about Roger McCreary, and I'm glad that he's starting to get more recognition from NFL draft media and yep. Pro Football Focus is tweeting out impressive stats on him because I talk about him all the time. People comment like, "Yo, quit talking about Roger McCreary; he's not that good." And I'm like, "I don't know what you're watching because I think he's phenomenal. I think he's great, and I don't think he's a zone corner, and he's still pretty good at that." But yeah, I'm uh, I I am stoked to see him start to get some real recognition.
0: Absolutely, and and, and this change to the defense, like this Derek Mason defense, I think. First half of the season, you saw the learning curve for Auburn, especially in the secondary. It's like, oh, man, it looks like they might not know exactly where to be at all times. They're getting used to it and get adjusted to it. The test for this group down in the final five games is, are they locked in? Because if they are locked in with this, this makes Auburn a better defense in the long run. Mm -hmm. If you're a defense that can mix things up, try try zone, try man, change up your coverages, change up your, your blitz packages, change up your pressures. That's going to make Auburn a better defense in the long run, right? As great as the Kevin Steele defense was, and it was phenomenal when it worked, kind of knew what you were getting. This is going to be a defense that I think can bring more people in, develop more people at a higher level, and put them into the league. And Roger's a great example of that. Roger, if you wanted to be a press man corner, and you wanted a press man corner in the NFL draft, you couldn't have done any better than picking him in in the class of 2022. However, the fact that he is now in a Derek Mason defense, and he has had to play more zone, he has had to play more off-man, like we were saying earlier with Colby. Yeah, he might be at his best as a man corner, but if you just want a really good cornerback who can do something of some of everything, there's your guy. And so it, it's only going to benefit these guys like that moving forward. You're going to start seeing, I think, more developed and well-rounded prospects. I'm not saying that, I mean, look, Auburn got Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, and I mean Carlton Davidson and Jamel Dean are playing, playing for the Super Bowl champions right now. Sure. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they are you know Auburn didn't produce really good players on defense in the past cuz they absolutely did i think you're going to get kind of you're going to get more prospects and more and more teams are going to be able to recognize and say oh we could use a dude like that more than oh we have to run this sto- sort of system or we have to do this kind of style of play for us to, for it to work
1: Well, and and I talked about this a few weeks ago. Like, whenever Carlton left, Jamel was kind of the next guy. Then Jamel left, then Noah was the next guy. My yard guy just got here. My dogs are barking really loudly. I apologize. But there's always kind of been, you know, another guy kind of waiting. Is Mm -hmm. there a guy after Roger that's going to be a a clear-cut number one SEC corner next year?
0: Well, I mean, I, I I really like Nehemiah. I really like Nehemiah a ton. Um, I I th- I think he's super super disruptive. I think if you want to, I think if you want to uh, see what more you get out of Zion Puckett in the future, you can do that. Yeah. Um. Jalen Simpson, like Jalen Simpson, if you know, talk about dudes who can make some plays in space, I uh, th- they've got a good crew. I think this crew's just got to get more used to, okay. We're not just pressing and running with these dudes every play. We're doing some more kind of drop back in zone and, and do some more off man. They're doing things like, you know, they're doing some some sort of combo coverages, uh, they're they're pattern matching, they're you know, doing the they're doing the the handoffs and stuff like that. Like that that's gonna make them better players. And I think athletically those guys have got it. Uh Roger was a special, special find. You can think about him, he was a three star sure. uh coming out of high school. Late pickup for Auburn. He was gonna go to South Alabama. Um, but I think the more time goes on, I think Auburn's going to always have the athletes to do it. It's mm-hmm. just going to be a matter of how quickly they develop them, and I like what Zach Etheridge and Derek Mason bring to the table in that regard. Yeah,
1: I'm right there with you. I can't wait to see how the NFL views the other DBs that are going to go this year. Like, I don't think they're going to love smoke, but, like, how do they treat Darius Knighton? Mm. You know, just with this one year, and are they going to like his, yep. you know... You know his his tape from his previous school com- combined with you know what he's done at Auburn, he's yeah. probably going to be the prospect I'm most interested in, and mm-hmm. then maybe a guy like Chandler Wooten who you know he he delivered when he got opportunities, but he wasn't like an every down kind of guy. Like, how are they going to view guys like that?
0: What what, what is the NFL going to look for a guy like Zachary McLean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like zakobe is one of the best pure tacklers and run stoppers in the country, one of the best I've seen. Period. Sure, um, he's got. Better, di- he's got better dimensions, but a better frame than say a Deshaun Davis did. I think he's a little more athleticism than he does. But also, this is not like the the pure like we need you to do everything type of linebacker. Um, so I, I'm I'm curious. I mean, I would love to have a Zacobe McLean on my team, no matter what kind of defense I run. I wonder what the NFL looks like with him because um, I think he does have the range and the ability to turn into a really really freak show kind of linebacker in the league.
1: I mean, he's better than KJ, right? I mean no
0: no disrespect to KJ Britt, but he's more he I think he's I think he gives you more in pass coverage than KJ does. And
1: I think that was so the knock, that
0: was the knock on KJ KJ coming out of college, which he didn't he wasn't asked to do it a ton. Okay. I think Zacoby's being asked to do it a little bit more in this defense and I think that's going to help him out. And then of course Owen's just going to be, you know, everybody's going to just drool all over him whenever he decides to go out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we get one more year with Owen and it's going to be a fun one to watch him. But uh well cool. Justin, how can folks find all your stuff one more time, brother?
0: AuburnObserver.com. Check it out there. Sign up. $6 a month, $60 a year. Everything we do gets emailed to your inbox. Football, men's basketball analysis podcast as well. Awesome, buddy. Thank you so much. Hey, we'll be back
1: Monday to recap what's hopefully a, a very exciting weekend for the Auburn Tigers. Stay tuned. You've been listening to Locked on Auburn.